please do not turn off. Please do not. Just do not exit the podcast. Just stay in the podcast. Please listen carefully. Hi, everybody, and welcome in to the Off the Top of My Head podcast, a podcast just about anything and everything. I find interesting people with interesting topics and record in interesting places, and it's all off the top of my head. So whatever you're doing right now, thank you for bringing me with you. And now, let's get in to today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome into this episode of Off the Top of My Head podcast. My guest today is a former offensive tackle in the National Football League who has played for the Indianapolis Colts. He was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams in 1992 and throughout his career played for the Rams, the Houston Oilers, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, and then three years in NFL Europe with the Amsterdam Admirals and the Frankfurt Galaxy. This man knows what it feels like to encounter failures, roadblocks, and disappointments. Growing up in the south side of Columbus, Ohio, and one of six children raised in a single-parent household, my guest had to overcome failure, adversity, and learning disabilities. But he discovered the secrets to unlocking the winning edge. He is a motivational speaker, executive coach, and youth advocate all over the world, training others to win in business and in life. Please welcome my guest, number 75, Sean Harper. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. That was an amazing intro. You know what? I'm thinking that I can take that recording and like play it like every morning when I get up. That would be my personal motivator. That would awesome. be cool. Almost like, uh, so I, you know, again, I read your book, almost like you had said that you had wanted to be in the, in the NFL, right? And you posted, yeah. on, they posted on that piece of paper, NFL. Yeah. And yeah. you, you read it every morning. So, yeah. but thank you. I appreciate the compliments. I always wanted to be a public address announcer too. Yeah. So that I, fulfilled part of my, uh, <laughs> my, my fame right there. I think that you would <laughs> honestly think that you would do a really good job at that. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So thanks again for taking the time to be on the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, we, we had met at a chamber event where you were our keynote speaker and it was um, an extremely powerful event. And your message was extremely powerful. And I wanted to, I wanted to tell your story, um, you know, again, growing up and then kind of through your NFL career and then what you're doing now. Um, I think each step along that journey has really valid points for people to connect with. And I'm hoping that you would share that with uh, my audience. Yeah, I grew up on the, uh, on the south side of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, four to five uh, documented learning disabilities, uh, kicked out of a couple of schools because of disciplinary issues, graduated last in my class in academics. Out of 154 seniors to graduate, my academic ranking was 154. Um, trust me, I was at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. Hmm. Mom raised all six of us by herself on a, uh, a humble home on the south side of Columbus, Ohio. But the amazing thing about it is that I had a dream. And in each and every one of us, there is that dream. And the most powerful thing about the dream is that your dream is like a seed. And you can often count the number of seeds in an orange, but you can never count the number of oranges in the seed. Outside of love, outside of God's love, there is nothing more powerful than the dream. The dream transcends all time. The dream transcends socioeconomic settings. The dream is greater than every dimension of the universe. The dream is that powerful. And uh, not knowing it at the time, 
my seed was to play professional football, to be an encourager, a motivational speaker. Um, but I had to, to go on that journey that we're all on. And so I go off to this junior college, not really starting in high school football, no accolades, no, you know, press, not being, you know, pumped up and uh, just some humble junior college in Iowa. And the first year at that junior college, I sent the bench the entire season. And I can remember, I can remember picking up the phone, calling my mom and saying, mom, I quit, mom, I give up. And I'm expecting her to say, baby, come home. It's okay. It's not a big deal. But she did the exact opposite. She literally forced me to stay there. And one day watching football, uh, uh, a football game going into the second season, it's called a Freudian slip. I jumped up and I yelled, I want to play Division One in NFL football. I had no idea where that came from. It just poured out of me. <laughs> but it was my dream speaking. It was my dream speaking. And, of course, the guys laughed and they, you know, heckled and they said things like Sean you'll never make it you're not strong enough you're not fast enough you're not quick enough and then I stumbled on one of the laws of winning and and one of the laws of winning is that you never allow people to create your world because they will always create it too small okay and so I walked out um, to the dorm I walked over to the practice field skies clear sky looked up at the stars and I screamed all I have is a dream and I tell you, I did something that changed the trajectory of my life. I pulled out a sheet of paper and I wrote down three letters, NFL. And I put it on the wall and I said, NFL, that's where I'm going. And every day I woke up, I said, NFL, that's where I'm going. Let me explain to you the power of what happened. I didn't realize what I was doing, but I was connecting with my dream. You change your focus, you change your life. And when you focus on your dream and you focus on when you're going, good or bad, by the way, you move out of, of um of, of, cre um, of creation and you move into something more powerful. And it's called manifestation. It's a whole new science behind that. I said, NFL, that's where I'm going. And things begin to shift all around me from that day. And I was in, I, I actually ended up playing, um, uh, uh, having a very good season. And then from there, I went up to Indiana University, draft day in the NFL. I'm third pick in the fourth round, 86, 82nd or 86th pick overall. Seven years playing professional football, uh, retired, and you know what? I, I've taken the same concept and the same principle of winning, and I've applied it, and it has been applicable to every facet of my life, and, 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 and I have enjoyed tremendous success. Yeah, so li life has taught you quite a bit. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm often around people who, you know, life is moving very fast, a lot of cell phones, a lot of quick communication. And I think they don't have the time um, to take the time to think about where they're going next or, or even to your point earlier about the dream, right? Yeah. Um, like, you knew you had a dream. Some, some people can't even identify what their dream is, I think. So what, what, would you, what would you say to somebody like that who maybe is trying or – like to you, I don't want to say it came natural, but if it felt like it, it, it all just sort of fell into place. But what would you say to somebody who is having difficult identifying what their dream is or even getting to the point where they're thinking about a dream? So uh, the first thing that you have to realize is that you are a winner. And, and, and people think that I correlate uh, winning because I played in the NFL, and that's not the case. Uh, or, or honestly speaking, it's not 100% the case, maybe 20%. But no, it's, it's the core or the crux of who you are is that, is that you are a winner. Just the, just the biology of it all, that you're one to two million 
cells that made it to the egg. That means you are a born winner. I know that sounds cliche, but but then as you begin to journey through life, look at the things that you are 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 attracted to. You know, people love to go to casinos because why? Because people love to win. People love to watch their favorite football team, and there'll be a million people in the stadium. But if they have four or five losing seasons in a row, that stadium is empty. Why? Because you cannot identify with losing. It's in your DNA to win. So when you tap into that win, that going, there's not a lot you can't do. And the second thing is you have, you, you actually really have to discern your motivator. And what I mean by that is that are you being driven or are you being led? And when you turn off the drive, that drive to achieve and do this and do that, you have to say, okay, what is the purpose of, of my, actual, uh, my, actual, uh, my actual achievement? What is pushing me? What is, what is driving me? Is it the fear of poverty? Is it the fear of lack? Is, is it the fear of success? What is pushing me? Okay, or am I being led by something great or something powerful for a unique purpose, an amazing purpose that ties into every facet of my life, my mind, my will, and my emotions? When they all line up and it attaches itself to something as powerful as speaking or helping or being a doctor, a lawyer, a world changer, there's nothing you can't do. Yeah, and I think, I think some people, again, to your point, some people think there are limits to themselves. Yeah. They're, they're not seeing that next step. They're not seeing the big picture. They're not motivating themselves to see something bigger because they're caught in a daily routine or because they're caught in situations that are just familiar to them, right? The human body is conditioned to be comfortable, comfortable in all aspects, comfortable in temperature, comfortable in their thought process, uh, just comfortable in their environment. And anytime you, you take somebody out of that, that's when things are uncomfortable, yeah. So it's it's how you how you deal with that when you're and I think you were talking about it a little bit in your in your book uh, is it building your capacity. Right. Sure. Where sure. you just you you would take it to a certain limit and then you got to You have to go further. You have to be a little bit uncomfortable with what yeah. you're doing. Yes. Yes. You have to actually push yourself to be uncomfortable. One of the things I always say is that if you're not careful, your comfort zone will become your casket. Uh, you have to push yourself past your actual limits or invite people in your life to do that. Invite people in your life to make you uncomfortable. Invite people in your life to challenge you. Invite people into your life to create the thorns. You know, you have to have that. And and um, I hope this does not I hope this does not offend people, but the moment you set forth a goal, a declaration, okay, in the spirit realm, it has a right to introduce resistance. The moment you make that declaration, resistance is coming. And most people look at resistance and they recoil and they say, you know what? I don't want to fight through this, but the resistance is the food for the power of your success. The resistance is the food that you will use to strengthen you, to take you to the next level. Without resistance, a plane cannot fly. Without resistance, it's really hard for a ship to move. You have to have resistance in your life. And that's it. Almost you were talking about, uh, again, in the book, you're talking about people and you have mentors and you have (laughs) tour mentors. Yes. (laughs) A good. Yes. Yeah. So guys, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. A good mentor, I heard this, a good mentor is a tour mentor. It's somebody who is able to see 
what you can't see. See uh, your limitations rather than you setting your limitations to push you past your limitations. Because as you mentioned earlier, it's not natural to go past your limitations. So to have someone in your life to call you out, to have someone in your life to motivate and to encourage you, I tell you what, um, wow. Had it not been for mentors in my life, like football coaches, like real estate coaches, like my father for a season, I would not be where I'm at today. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And you, you even said that there was like, you know, five or six minutes that those folks would, they would tear, tear, tear into you a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that motivated you without those five or six minutes, you know, you, your business wouldn't be better. Your thought process wouldn't be different. So you're right. Yeah. That, that friction is needed to some yes. degree in our lives. Yes. yes. Yeah. Can you, can you uh, tell me the story? So again, I heard you speak live and it was extremely powerful. And I've, I've heard a lot of mo- motivational speakers um, speak in, in my time, because I'm thankful enough to be a lo- part of a lot of um, organizations and groups that provide that. But there is nothing more powerful than the complete silence that that room had when you were speaking yeah and you were deep and you were deep into it i mean you bring that story across with such um conviction that there i've never heard a room that quiet <laughs> I, I i really haven't i'm being dead honest with yeah. you it's not just because you're you're on as a as a guest here that room was incredibly quiet and it was interesting because i even spoke with the organizers and who were in the back of the room and I asked them, I said, what was that room like when he was speaking? And they said, Bill, everybody was just fixated on the front of the room. Nobody was fidgeting with anything. Right. Nobody was on their phones. They were all just locked in to your story. Because it's, and it's, it's, your, it's your story in totality, but it's also those separate moments in your life that were turning points. And, and pivots that you constantly need to check and recheck and check and recheck and then recommit yourself and commit yourself again and commit mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. to the point mm-hmm. to the point where you are now. And mm-hmm. you know what? It, it's a long road and I give you a lot of credit for that. And one of, one of the areas, look, there were many impactful um, times during that conversation, but one in particular, man, you had me, you had me in the locker room and in the huddle with you when you were talking about that other player that you were going up against. (laughs) Can can you, can you tell that story uh, for for, for the audience? I was so into that. That's a, that's a funny story. Yeah. Could you, can you, can you tell that to the audience? (laughs) You know, I've never done that over the phone in my life. Really? You know what? I'm going to try it. I mean, you know what? Hey, it's um, second year, second year playing and uh, for the Colts. And before the game, my offensive line coach comes up to me and says, Sean, whatever you do, you have to have a good game. And I'm like, what? What's going on? He said, listen, you had the best game you've ever had. I need it from you. I said, coach, what's up? He said, listen, they brought another offensive lineman in to take your spot. I'm like, wow, coach, I was so upset about that. He's like, don't worry about it. Coaches are pulling for you, right? And I was like, okay, coach, um, you move me to guard, okay, right before the game. I didn't study. Who, who is down there anyway? And he, coach gets gay. He's like, go, 
Go look at the depth chart. Now, the depth chart in the NFL has a listing of all the players, how big they are, what college they went to. And I'm like, wow. And so I go over to the depth chart. And I go all the way down. I get to the last name on the list, number 99, 65, 300 plus pounds. I'm like, I got to block Big Daddy. And the locker room's like went dead silent. And they're looking at me. I'm like, Sean got to block Big Daddy, Sean got... And I'm walking back to my locker. And I promise you, all I hear is, wah, wah, wah. I'm like, <laughs> man. So it's like fast forward, second quarter of the game, my offensive line coach says, son, you ready? I said, coach, I'm ready. And I'm, I'm jogging on the field. But before the game, I called my mama. I said, mama, how many tickets would you like for the game? She said, baby, I'll call you back. She called back 15 minutes later. Baby, I need 114 tickets. I gave up 114 tickets for this game. And I'm, I got my own cheering section, so I'm jogging out there on the field. And my mom is like, that's my baby. I'm like, okay, mom, calm down. You know, I mean, I got the whole family. They got the blankets. They got a little huddle section. It was crazy. And I'm in the huddle, and there's all-stars, all pros in the huddle. I mean, names, household names, okay? And so I'm like, okay, let's go. So now the NFL, high school, college, Pop Warner, even numbers always on the right side, odd numbers always on the left side. So they call 26 dive. Now, 26 dive is, you know, off the right leg of the right tackle in that area, right? And I'm jogging to the line of scrimmage, and I got, I got, I got stars out there. And the closer I'm getting, I'm hearing Big Daddy's breathing like, I mean, he is breathing. I get right by the line, and I drop to my three-point stands. They call the play. I take a drop step. I shove Big Daddy back a couple inches, whatever. Marshall comes through that hole, seven yards on the plate. Marshall jumped up. He's fired up. I jumped up. I'm fired up. I'm emboldened. And I turn. I look at Big Daddy. I said, you know what's going to be like this all game, player? <laughs> Me hitting you and you hitting the ground. And he had a look in his eye. I, I didn't care because, I, you know, I could beat him. Next play is play action pass. It's when you fake the run, you throw the pass, right? And I'm jogging to the line of scrimmage, and he's breathing. He's getting all fired up. He's sweating and slobbering. I'm, I'm super confident. And the quarterback's hut, and he hikes this ball. I get the perfect form. I lock Big Daddy out for about a half second. And no lie, this is the God honest truth. My feet as he began to hit me, begin to leave the earth. And I'm going back two yards, three yards, four yards. And I turn to my left. I see my quarterback. I'm like, hey, how you doing? He don't even touch the quarterback. He's still trying to drive me back. The quarterback sidesteps. He throws the pass. Big Daddy reverse pancakes me. Pancakes me. And I get up. I'm jogging back to the huddle. Receiver caught the pass. And everyone's like, Ooh, like what's all this commotion? Ooh, and in Cincinnati Stadium, they ran that play back and focusing on me seven times. <laughs> and the coach is like, get him out of there, get him out of there. And I jogged to the line of scrimmage. My mom's upset. She's screaming, no, not my bike. I mean, I'm in bed. I got my family there. And I go into the locker room, and now I have to make a decision. And the decision is, if I go back out there and have a bad game, I'm going to get cut. But midway through halftime, I realized that football's a game and football's a sport, but football is not who I am. And if you don't know who you are, you're who, the, you're who they say you are. That's it. Yeah. 
So I appreciate you retelling that. And that translated just fine. Believe me, um, you know, not being in the room, but, um, you know, you can almost liken that. So, so here's your, your dream in a sense, like, you know, you have to go up against this guy and you're going to beat him. Like, you know, you know, you're going to beat him. You have the confidence Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you get knocked back a little bit and, you know, there's life knocking you back, but, um, you then realize that there's something bigger and, um, yeah, and it's a it's a powerful moment. And thank you for telling that. I appreciate yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. So so tell me what you do now. You've obviously you've you've learned, you know, quite a bit over the years and you're sharing your talents with so many people. Um please give me a scope of uh what you do for the community. So <laughs> Well, first of all, I travel and speak. I love I love to do uh motivational messages. I do school assemblies which is a part of my non-for-profit. I, I love to invest in, in the world's greatest resource, which is people, because when you invest in people, it has the potential of reaping generations of dividends. I love investing in young people, middle schools, high schools. I, heck, I even do elementary schools. Just, just allow me just 45 minutes to change the trajectory of their life. Corporate, you know, I've been, I've been a business owner since uh, 2004, so I understand corporate. I don't call myself a small business because I think that's the most crazy thing you can ever call a business. It's a small business. I'm an emerging business. And so uh, (laughs) that kind of invokes action. And so I love to uh, speak to corporate America about winning, not success, but winning. Winning, success is a man-made construct. There's really no such thing because it's not static. How can you define yourself or your life around the word that is, that has a different meaning everywhere you go? it's a trap because you will never uh, truly achieve it. It, it, it. So it's like, it's like chasing a carrot, uh, but winning is different. Winning's the fullest expression of who you are mentally, physically, socially, economically, and most importantly, legacy. See, winning teaches you to uh, uh, reproduce. Success teaches you to produce. There's a difference. So when you have a winning mindset, you're centered around reproduction. You're centered around scaling. You're centered around mentoring. Uh, you're centered around purpose. Success is just production, which is a crock, which is a trap, which is why so many people are living unfulfilled lives because they're created to reproduce, not produce. In addition to all of that, I love the coach. And I help people, I help executives and leaders get unstuck with their goals, teams, and dreams in 90 days or less. Yeah, and there's, there's, and you're so you're right about the production part of it because I think look, we live in a society again where everything moves very fast. We have technology. We're very numbers driven. So if the production is not where it needs to be, things start getting a little tense, right? Yes. Um, but there's a different approach, and it's it's your approach to the leadership part of it and just mm-hmm. the bigger picture there that um, holistically individuals can approach their production and it'll be much better for the organization. Yes. Yeah. So is it true? I was reading in your, and I didn't get a chance to see this, but do you really tear phone books? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I rip, you know, I rip phone books. I wrote frying pans, a blow up hot water bottle. I learned all this years ago when I used to travel with uh, groups that would do that inside schools. And so I kind of incorporate that when mm-hmm. I'm speaking because one of my, concepts of the edge is to find out what everyone else is doing and you do something different 
<laughs> so absolutely there's not a lot of speakers traveling around tearing up phone books rolling up frying pans i'm like you know what that's my edge and so yeah i do that i do all kind of crazy things yeah. Carry people so, on my back yeah i love it so you're telling me if my dream is to to rip a phone book that i can actually do it yep <laughs> easy i i'm gonna i'm gonna try it the, yeah. next phone, the next phone book that I get, I'm going to try it. Well, you know, you got to look really hard because they don't make phone books much anymore. So, you, got, you know, you have to go on like Craigslist or something. Say, yeah. Put an ad out for a phone book, a dollar a book, okay? They're like extinct. You're right because I got one on my uh, uh, porch the other week, and I think I immediately put it in the recycling bin. Yeah. It's like which, is a, which is a shame. I mean, you know, everything's available on your phone now. Yeah, case, but... yeah, yeah. So, um, so your book is called The Winning Edge, Eight Principles That Will Bring Out the Winner in You. Yeah. Um, where can people find this if they would like a copy? So they can get that on Amazon. But you know what? You, you can go to Amazon, which is cool. But I have an opportunity that if you go to seanharper.co, you can get a free download of that book. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Easy. So then you're also, uh, there's a number of platforms that you're available on as well. You're on uh, Facebook. Yeah, I'm on uh, Sean Harper Speaking on Facebook. I'm on uh, Sean Harper Speaking on, on, on Instagram, Sean Harper 075 on Twitter. Um, I'm all over the web. Uh, just, you know, yeah. I mean, if you do like an actual search website, seanharper.org, you'll find me. Yeah, and I see you're on you're on LinkedIn and you're on yeah. YouTube also. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You have a lot of content on here. I think people would be inspired by uh, seeing some of this. But then even past there, I would hope um, some individuals or organizations would reach out to you as well because, again, seeing you uh, live and and talking with you now, it's um, you're inspirational, and I appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to discuss before we go? Yeah, I would. Uh, just real quick, I would just like to say that, um, and I really want this to be not about me, okay? This is not about me moment, uh, is that in life, you will get knocked down. You will be disappointed. You will have setbacks. You will fail in life at times. But when you get knocked down, if you can look up, you can get up. Persistence through resistance. You learn how to ride the bike by falling off. Get back on the bike. That's it. Mm. I love it. Sean, thanks again for being my guest today. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Off the Top of My Head podcast. Once again, if you'd like to connect with the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Off the Top of My Head podcast. Or if you uh, would like to email and be a guest or you have a comment about the show or a specific episode, please feel free to email at ottomhpodcast at gmail.com. That's ottomhpodcast at gmail.com. Until we connect again, all my best and bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Off the Top of My Head podcast. Who will I interview next? What will the topic be? And where will I record the episode? Please subscribe to be notified when a new episode is posted on your selected listening platform. Off the Top of My Head podcast, a podcast about anything and everything.